0: Welcome to the FDIP, the official podcast of the Faculty Development and Innovation Center at Eastern Illinois University. I am the FDIC Director, Dr. Michael Gillespie.
1: And I'm Kim Irvin, the Instructional Designer in the FDIC. Today we're going to talk about Michael and I's experiences from the conference that we just attended, which was titled Faculty Summer Institute, or FSI for short, which was held at the campus of the University of Illinois. Well, technically the I-Hotel, right? The, the I-Hotel, yeah. Yes. It was a two-day conference. This is an annual conference that people in education, that faculty members or instructional designers, um, technology specialists attend every year from throughout the state. And we're just going to share some takeaways, um, give you some insight into um, what it's like to attend one of these conferences. So
0: The cool thing about FSI, too, is that it's a collaboration from teaching and learning centers across the state, from uh, institutions of higher learning. So Kim and I are actually on the uh, planning committee for FSI. So we have been working on this throughout the year. uh, And we uh, we meet all online every month to do this work, but then we get to see everybody in person too. So that's that's always fun to get to see uh, all these amazing people that we get to work with in yeah. person.
1: Yeah, Michael, you were on the program programming committee, so I know you did a lot of work with the schedule,
0: yeah. topics
1: that were going to be covered at the conference. I'm on a separate committee, um, subcommittee. These are both subcommittees. Um, so, And it's good to mention too because we keep, Referring to this conference as FSI, and the subcommittee that I am on is the subcommittee that has been tasked with changing the name of yeah. the conference. So even though we, we are referring to it as FSI, I have a good feeling by this time next year it's going to be called something else. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big themes of the conference this year, as should not be a surprise, was of course artificial intelligence, right? AI. One of my takeaways from the whole conference was thinking about why didn't I have Chat GPT do that? Or one of these other chatbots, because there's a lot of conversation about this and a lot of excitement about how these tools can be used in our classes now and how mm-hmm. these tools can be used uh, to further our teaching, but also support our student learning.
1: Yeah. Another thing about AI, too, that I walked away f- with, actually two things if I could share, embrace, embrace, embrace.
0: That's three things. <laughs>
1: It's one thing repeated three times. Okay, Okay. all right. So, okay, technicality there. Um, I really received that message that we are in a very formative time Mm -hmm. right now with AI. And a quote that has stuck with me, also that I heard at FSI, is related to our concern about being replaced mm-hmm. by artificial intelligence. And the quote that I heard that resonates with me is we are not necessarily going to be replaced with AI. We're going to be replaced with individuals that know how to use AI. Yeah. And it's like the light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And so if we take that mindset and think about these formative times that we are in with AI and Really embracing AI and teaching our learners how to use it, we can be, we can be very impactful yeah. in that. So um, that was that was a lot of the theme around AI uh, was embrace um, embrace it and don't be threatened by it, and also take this opportunity to help our learners learn how to use it mm-hmm. because that quote applies to them as well, whatever yeah. profession that they are in. Right. So, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I don't want my students to graduate and get a job and not have had that experience before they got there because they're definitely going to be going into a field where there's something AI related into anything that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's almost on our shoulders now to, to prepare our students. I mean, it's here to stay. It's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. Uh, and it's only going to keep developing. Um, so it's a tool, right? As any educational technology, when it first came out, was a tool, whether it was scary or not. Um, I mean, it, it is now something that's in our toolbox that we can use to en- enhance how we design our courses, but also to enhance the student learning experience uh, mm-hmm. within our courses as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- I mean, there were a few, um, well, maybe more than a few. There were there were some ideas on how to use AI. Um, but really, I think more of the conversation was just about getting a grip on, mm-hmm. on the AI, which yes. is where we currently are with that topic. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated appreciated those discussions.
0: Yeah. What else did you pick up from the conference? What else was a big yeah. takeaway for so you?
1: So the other theme besides artificial intelligence, and let me... Another point about artificial intelligence in the conference, the main focus was on a specific type of artificial intelligence, which is ChatGPT, which I think we're going to look back on this Mm -hmm. time and realize that that's the one that that brought attention to all the other forms of AI, whether it be to develop images or some other specific task, just because uh, more people write yeah. and use the language large yeah. language mm-hmm. model llms so so all right moving on to the other theme outside of ai ie chat gpt was um, design course mm-hmm. design yeah and what was presented was a theme of different course design strategies concepts that could be used in developing your courses mm-hmm. and I, I think we did a good job you your committee Michael <laughs> did a good job of really selecting and handpicking those um, significant design models um, one design model that was addressed was universal design for learning
0: yeah and so important yeah
1: yeah and that's that's a big one because there's a lot of specific strategies that relate to the individual principles that are within universal design for learning, which the three main principles are to provide multiple forms of representation, Mm -hmm. multiple forms of engagement, and multiple forms of expression. Lots of ideas were presented for accomplishing those three Mm -hmm. principles, within uh, the universal design for learning framework. But um, and referencing to what I said just a little bit earlier about really cherry picking some of these designs, um, universal design for learning is a framework um, that relates back to the learning sciences. So it's rooted in good research and it's used a lot.
0: Right. We we are drinking the UDL Kool-Aid here because it's important. And uh, even, you know, when we have talks amongst the team here at the FDIC and how we're going to do something, we're like, we need to make this uh, uh, an example of how UDL is done. We, just, we just yes. did this yesterday. And, um, and one thing that I heard a lot at the conference in the different sessions that I was in, whether they were talking about UDL or not, were, the, were there multiple forms of expression? Because with the backdrop of AI and all this other stuff going on, talking about how you can get students to submit uh, uh, some kind of project or assessment or do something that's not your traditional typewritten paper or multiple choice exam, but doing things like have them record a video and submit that to your Dropbox uh, and and walk you through what they have done with their project uh, or other forms of, of expression, put together some kind of um, graphic design where they are creating an infographic rather than type a paper for you uh, or recording a podcast Mm -hmm. and doing that. Uh, And so it really, you know, but that was all over the place there too. And whether it was expressed or not as UDL, um, but there was examples of it everywhere. And it was so refreshing to hear that and feel that because I think like I felt validated almost
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh,
0: hearing all these people from around the state doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. And another one that's popular and it was mentioned too in discussions allowing a video to be recorded and submitted as as a discussion form. Yeah. So Yeah. So yeah. I mean I, and we hope you mm-hmm. and I hope to do more to make those connections with yeah. certain teaching strategies mm-hmm. that relate to the principles of universal design That's for right. learning too yeah. here at the FDIC. So I'm excited That's about right. that. Yeah. Another design concept that was presented was backward course design. Yeah. And it's a framework for designing courses and their subsections whether that be in units, modules, chapters or weeks, starting with mm-hmm. the end in mind first. Mm-hmm. So often we do forward and try to get to the solution first or get to the activities first mm-hmm. and what backward course design is all about is taking a timeout and designing, first of all, thinking about what are the goals and objectives, what are your desired results when the students complete the course, and then what are those desired results for the subsections that we mm-hmm. just mentioned as well, mm-hmm. then determining the acceptable evidence that is going to say, okay, you yeah. achieved these objectives. And then designing the learning experience. Yeah. And so often we go forward and go mm-hmm. right to the learning experience. So
0: so we actually, uh, Kim and I actually attended the same session. It was on universal design, uh, and it was about compliance. So it was, it was people in education because there's a lot of, obviously, compliance um, that goes on with teacher accreditation programs and, and that sort of thing. But they talked about sort of which direction that you move through this process. Uh, and the faculty sort of focused one is to begin at the beginning, right, with the content of the course because and then move towards the end, and the student outcomes really – Reflects the content versus a student centered design, which actually begins at what you want those students to look like when they're done, and the rest Mm -hmm. of your design works backward from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it really, I mean, Kim and I talk about this all the time, and she is like our backward (laughs) design champion here and has really done a lot of work about this. But that like moment was just like, yes, like that is it. Like we should be designing our courses in a way that is student focused. That's who we want to, um, to see at a certain level with proficiencies in our subject matter at the end and everything else should flow from that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was beautiful.
1: That's a one that's near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, just to give credit where credit is due for backward course design, that is actually a, a framework that's explained in the book titled Understanding by Design mm-hmm. by Grant Wiggins and Jay McTie. Yeah. So that is the book that explains that whole framework. Um, and another design concept that's related to backward course design was human-centered design. Yeah, there was a lot of
0: human-centered design. Mm-hmm,
1: which is HCD mm-hmm. for short. Um, and this one relates, you know, you, you gave me a great segue into human-centered design because you were talking about backward design, focusing on the, the student and the learner. Well, the learner's human. Mm-hmm. And that is the emphasis of human-centered design is to focus on the human. So yeah. those two design concepts mm-hmm. go together really well yeah and human-centered design just prioritize prioritizes and values humans and emphasizes empathy mm-hmm. as well as you're designing like i went to this session and one thing that i remember to give you a visual of human-centered design is i don't know if any of the listeners have ever participated in an mri mm. Exam, um, I have not, so I do, I do not uh, have that experience, but from pictures that I see of the unit and also listening to um, others' experiences, if you're claustrophobic or something like that, you're going into this tube um, that can be very frightening and you have to stay still and things. So if we think about the population of children going through something like that, mm-hmm. fears are exaggerated and it's just a much more maybe even traumatic experience for a younger child going through something like that so applying human-centered design to the MRI unit they put a picture of on the side of the MRI unit of the bed that you lay on like you're going into a ship Mm. and then the entire room Was decorated like they're at the sea, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's an example that resonated with me and it stuck with me Mm -hmm. to show the application of human centered
0: design. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's such an important thing to think about because you're right. Like the students are humans, but you know it, it fits into so many different things that we can do if you actually take that empathetic approach. That when you're designing something, that there's an actual another human being who's going to be the recipient of that Mm -hmm. and you work in this dialogue together to be able to accomplish how you want them to be in their proficiencies at the end it really changes your I mean you just see that switch in the approach and it's it's a really beautiful way to think about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah a couple more design strategies that were covered at FSI one was visual design strategies. Mm. And this just asks you to consider the use and design of graphics Mm -hmm. used for conveying course content. Like, for example, if you have some data that you present textually, that can be less engaging Mm -hmm. for the learner. Could that data be represented in a graphic, Mm -hmm. which is much more engaging? Um, And it also reduces cognitive load. Right. So just keeping, I think, probably things that we have all heard and know, mm-hmm. but just right. putting them to our forefront again about yeah. images and, and using them to reduce cognitive load and to make the content more engaging. Yeah. And I'll, I don't know that I have an example, but some of you may have heard this too, that or know this, <laughs> that when our eyes don't necessarily see something, our brains will make up a story about what happened about it. And the presenter in this session used some magic tricks Mm -hmm. to, you know, the classic one where he has the ball in his hand and he does a little wave of his hands and then voila, the ball is gone. And it was all to demonstrate that point that your mind is going to make something up related to what's going on there if it, if it doesn't understand um, what is happening. You can use graphics to um, convey those messages.
0: But it's also um, to even think about um, some standard course documents like your syllabus. You know, it's such a text-heavy document and we hear a lot of times about like, all the content that has to go into their schedules and course policies and that sort of thing. What can you make visual from that lessen the cognitive flow, but make it more engaging for students? Because the syllabus as a document is such an important document. It's your contract with the student. So, so even that the visual design on things that we might take for granted were that simple, maybe mm-hmm. a pie chart for their grade breakdown or some icons to break up just the text heavy Uh, syllabus can work wonders uh, to make it more engaging, but also so students can find information easier.
1: Yeah. And this concept just really reflects the adaptation of our society. I mean, our whole society is just much more visual than it ever has been before. So, and that's just bringing that, bringing that into the classroom as well. Mm. The other design concept that was explained was a user experience design Mm. concept Um, And this takes the concept of the user experience um, applied in, for example, the development of computer applications Mm -hmm. and applies those concepts to course design. So, for example, some of you may have heard of like UX, UI. UX stands for user experience. UI stands for user interface design in computer applications, it considers intricate details of how an interface is formatted, like the best placement of buttons, button names, menus for navigation. So user experience design in education is just applying those types of consideration into the design of a course. Um, And admittedly that the, especially the example that I use, applies to online courses. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also apply this concept to of face-to-face of course. courses too. Like, yeah. is my information structured in a way that's mm-hmm. organized and easy for the learner to yeah. go through?
0: If you hand out uh, an assignment sheet and you need you know, those students to produce something, in a face-to-face class, that is your user interface, right? You want that to be designed well, clear, have all the, the points that you want. You want that to be able to be navigated uh, in the traditional sense so that your learners, your students can understand what that document is and what you what you need from them.
1: Right. And also just thinking about how your student is going to interact with your course, mm-hmm. Um, and what they're thinking and feeling at that time mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think it's about just putting yeah. yourself sure. in the learner's shoes That's right. with with using concepts like this. yeah
0: the thing I like to think about with this too is even though um, many courses here at Eastern are face-to-face courses every course gets a d2o shell right and you can build that out and help enhance mm-hmm. what you're doing so mm-hmm. you just don't have to have a, an online course to really have a quality, online experience for your students when they're not inside of your classroom yeah Uh, and that's you know part of your interface so if you do a lot of work through d2l including just you know grades you can make that experience uh, a worthwhile one for your students Mm
1: -hmm. and then also on the end you know thinking about what are the pain points that the students might Mm -hmm. encounter in your class and how can i reduce those so so yeah i there's There's a lot of design concepts Mm -hmm. to think about. I think for me personally, backward course design is the one to start with. Mm -hmm. And then knowing about being aware of what these other design concepts represent. So you can sprinkle those in as you're actually building the course
0: yeah and you i mean you are our designer right you anytime we we have any kind of design question or issue Mm -hmm. or what we're thinking about this is you are our person for this so of course you're gonna you're pull this stuff out but it really is um the whole conference is about this like how do we develop quality learning experiences and what are these new things that are emerging and what um you know how are people using maybe some older technologies in more novel ways and how sprinkling those in in their course design to make them effective learning experiences yeah
1: and it's very engaging too yeah. like you i didn't feel like i was talked to no. those two days yeah. um no maybe by the nature mm-hmm. of the people that are in these positions have had attend this conference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of networking yeah. and working with mm-hmm. other people, meeting other people. Yeah. If you have questions, as long as you're not shy, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of us are mm-hmm. in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can get some great ideas and meet yeah. some really neat yeah. people. So, yeah.
0: so, so it is, I mean, it happens every May, uh, I like it because you get done with that academic year and then you get this refresher, right? It's yeah. almost like going on vacation, as sick as that might sound. No,
1: that's but an was, excellent, yeah, excellent analogy. It was,
0: like, it was you know, we work we 12 months here in the FDIC. So once the spring ends, we don't stop. But mm-hmm. it's, it's like that nice little vacation from our day-to-day work to really refresh and kind of get excited for what the next year is going to bring.
1: Yeah. And Um, you have all those things that just happened in the spring semester in mind. Yeah. So you, you know, specifically like what, information maybe that could be helpful yeah. to you and yeah. know what questions to ask and, yeah,
0: and so yeah. forth. So,
1: yeah. so yeah, I would highly recommend it. We yeah. took
0: a handful of faculty with us this year. Uh, the FDIC uh, sponsors a few folks every year. We, we take our whole team uh, and then um, four or five faculty each year. We, uh, we're going to do a lot of work here in the FDIC over the summer, uh, incorporating some of this new stuff that we learned. Um, UDL and UDL. backward design. Right.
1: Uh, those are big ones for yeah, us. Yeah,
0: big ones for us. Uh, and we, we pull that into everything that we do. We, you know, we think about if we're even putting together a workshop or a webinar, we start at the end and then put it together for, towards the beginning because we, we want mm-hmm. the user experience Um, and and our learners that go through our opportunities to to have a model for these best practices. And so we really build it into everything that we do. So we're putting together our uh, August Institute you know, that's going to be happening uh, the 7th through the 11th, uh, as we do every year, uh, and taking some of the stuff that we learned and incorporating into what we have planned for that yeah. August instance. And I'm going
1: to have a backward course. You are. De- um, session. You backward, are. backward course design session. Yeah. So, Yes,
0: yeah, you are. So, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have an AI session. I'm doing an AI session. Uh, on the last day Uh, it's going to be a lunch and learn and uh, i am uh, learning a lot about ai as a sociologist but um i'm also a big assessment person an alternative assessment person so that's what i'm going to be talking about Mm -hmm. and i definitely gleaned a lot
1: yeah and ai just needs to be a continuous conversation and especially it's evolving so we just need to keep communicating about it
0: um but thanks uh for tuning in once again to the fdip the official podcast of the Faculty Development and Innovation Center at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, I've been uh, your co-host today. I'm Dr. Michael Gillespie, the director of the FDIC.
1: And Kim Irvin, instructional designer of the FDIC.
0: Yes. Uh, And until next time, thanks for listening. Take good care of yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.